Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church. Let's stand to our feet and worship this morning.
praise this morning. I'm so glad you guys are here. We continue our encounter series this morning where we've been looking all through the Bible and seeing how people encounter Jesus and in one moment their lives were completely changed. And we get that opportunity here this morning as well. We've gathered to seek God's heart, to experience his presence, to encounter him in a real way. And we can't conjure that up for you. That comes from just a place of surrender, a place, a place of humbling ourselves and just saying, Jesus, just come speak to me. Speak to me in a real personal way. My heart is open to you. I lay everything else down and I've just come to meet you. So as we continue to worship, just fix our eyes on him. Let's just continue to lift up his name. And let's just personally invite him to encounter us this morning.
So God, we thank you for your truth this morning. God, we thank you that you are our hope and our anchor. That we've gathered to encounter you, to seek your heart. And so God, I just pray that you will draw near to us as we draw near to you. That you'll be with everyone throughout this room. The students, the children, everyone watching online, everyone out in the cafe. God, we just pray that you would just speak to us as we seek your heart. Pray you'll be with Pastor Buddy as he delivers the message, God. Let us receive the word with gladness and obedience. God, I just want to lift up a prayer for our community, God. All those that don't know you. Father, for you've planted us here to be a beacon of light for this community. And I pray, God, that we would respond with passion. God, that we would go out. We would just be your hands and feet to minister to those that need to encounter you themselves, God. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Welcome to church. We hope you guys are having a fantastic weekend so far. Uh, why don't you guys go ahead, pull out your cell phones, check in on social media, let everyone know that you are worshiping here this morning and that they need to join you and get off social media and be here. Uh, but really, it's just uh, such a wonderful way just to be able to connect with everyone online. And so just want to encourage you guys to do that. You can also download the St. Fields Community Church app if you have not. It's a great tool for so many different ways. Uh, so just want to encourage you guys to do that. If you are a guest with us, welcome to church. We are so glad that you are here. Uh, we hope you feel welcome. And uh, hopefully when you came in, you saw a uh, banner that says, First Time Guest Stop Here. Uh, there is a table there, and so after service, if you just want to stop by that, there's a free gift for you. Uh, and then we also just will have somebody there to answer any questions that you might have. And then also, during this next song, you hopefully got you a program when you came in as well. There's going to be some buckets that come by during this next song. If you could just fill out your connection card and drop it in those buckets, uh, just a way that we can reach out again, say hello, and answer any questions that you might have. And then also, uh, for everyone else... That is also a great tool to sign up, to join a small group, to volunteer, to get uh, a prayer request, uh, whatever it is. We want to encourage you to also fill out that connection card and drop it in the buckets as they come by. We're going to be taking our tithes and offerings during this next song. Again, just another way that we get to worship God here at Salem Fields Community Church. And it's a beautiful way that we get to just give the first fruits right back to God of what he has given us. And so uh, there are many ways that you can give. Uh, cash or check as the buckets come by. Go out to one of the giving kiosks and give debit or credit out there online. Just click that little green button in the top right-hand corner. Or as always, you can give safely and securely through the Salem Fields Community Church app. Do not feel obligated to give if you are a guest. This is just, again, another way that we're able to worship God at Salem Fields. So give with a cheerful heart. We have our membership class coming up after this service at 1 p.m. Uh, this is really the DNA of who Salem Fields Community Church is from what we believe to what our vision is to what our core values are. And so uh, it's just a great class where you can just learn everything about Salem Fields. And uh, there's, we can even answer questions that you have there. And then at the end of it, there is an opportunity for membership. It is not a requirement of taking the class, but the opportunity is there. So I want to encourage you guys, 1 p.m., stay after for that. It's going to be a great time. Also coming up on Friday, a Seeker Keeper Girl. Uh, this is an amazing opportunity to be able to minister to tween girls in really just a time in their life where they're really trying to discover uh, their identity and who they are. So what better way than to show them who God says that they are. And last I heard, we still needed 20 volunteers. And so I'm believing 
that at the end of this service, we're going to have all those spots filled. And so I really just want to encourage you, it will make a difference uh, just by serving. And so there's a table right as you leave here. Uh, plenty of spots in different areas that you can sign up for uh, a portion of time. So I want to encourage you, please stop by that table uh, and they'll answer any questions that you have about that. We have a men's lunch out that's coming up. It's going to take place on Saturday, April 13th at 12 p.m. They're going to go down to Short Pump to Texas Day Brazil. If you do not know what that is, that is a place where literally it is meat galore. Every single kind of meat that you could possibly want to eat, you can have and it's all you can eat. Get those meat sweats, exactly. So it is $34.99 per person. Uh, they need RSVPs just so they know uh, how many people are going to come to be able to tell the restaurant. And so if you can just RSVP at, by emailing men at salemfields.com, I want to encourage you to do that. It's going to be a great time. Also coming up, we have our women's retreat. Uh, this is... Uh, a partnership with the Virginia Nazarene District. They're uh, going to be going there. We uh, are really excited about this because Susie Schellenberger, who's spoken here in the past, she is the speaker at it. It's going to be at the Wintergreen Resort. Uh, so uh, that's going to take place on May 17th through the 19th. The full details are on SalemFields.com. Uh, but we just found out this week that there is a registration deadline that's coming up this week. And so I know that's a quick turnaround. So if you're interested or really want to encourage you, email women at SalemFields.com or visit SalemFields.com for all the full details. But it's going to be a great uh, time. So I want to encourage you to do that. So we've got some more events coming up. Watch this. Hello to all my friends in Fredericksburg, Virginia. My name is Roddy Chong, and I will be the guest speaker and performer for Palm Sunday at Salem Fields Community Church. I'm best known for touring with Shania Twain, Celine Dion, and the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and for working with Kevin Costner. Some of you might not have even known he has a band. But what's most important is that I wanted to remind you that this will be an excellent service in music and message for you to invite a friend or coworker. This message will reveal and remind us God's awesome power and his awesome plan for our lives. Come to Palm Sunday at Salem Fields Community Church, Saturday at 6 p.m., Sunday morning at 9 and 11 a.m. Come a little bit early, and I can't wait to see each and every one of you. I don't need to say a whole lot more, but Roddy is a friend of ours, and we specifically invited him to come on Palm Sunday so you would invite your friends. Now, your friends have probably heard of Shania Twain and Celine Dion, right? But he tours all the time with Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Anybody been to one of their concerts? They are in they're crazy and uh, Roddy is their violinist and he is remarkable and so he's going to be here to uh, speak and uh, we want you to invite your friends to come to that so that we can invite them to Easter and uh, that's what we're all about here is we got to reach out and uh, there are people out there that need hope right and uh, we need hope and so we want to share the love right share the hope so uh, invite your friends to come next week and they will hear about Easter coming up. And we've got some tools for you guys. This poster, we've got a table out there that has all three of these tools. And uh, this poster is for anyone that would be willing to take this to a business or a location that you would ask to put this up so that people can see our service times. Uh, we're not doing those little yard signs this year. You know, you'll see a lot of those. But this poster will, if we can get a lot of these out. You guys are our advertisement, right? 
the best advertising we can do is word of mouth. And so if you'll take this poster, and then also we have, whoops, that little card right there. And uh, that is for us. We always take those and we put them in the, uh, can you take the other one, Ruth? Uh, we always put those in the mailboxes around, and you can do that in your community. Uh, these right here, aren't they nice? And do you know who makes these for us? Rich, yes, he's incredible. So here's another little tool right here. These are business cards, uh, business cards. Now these are specifically for you to hand out to people in grocery stores or it's, it's not for us to hang on to. And they, if they come, they get a little free gift. And if you get your magnifying glass out, that little pink strip right there will tell them that they can go to Rubicon and get something free. So uh, take a handful of these. There's a table out there. Uh, pick those up. Buddy had a couple of uh, interesting stories this week. I think he's going to tell you one. But uh, I can't let him outdo me with these cards, right? And you can't let me outdo you. So, right, Isaiah, you're going to pick them up and you're going to hand them out. All right. We need you guys to be the advertisement for that, okay? All right. That's Easter and the schedule is up there. It's going to be an awesome time. We're, in, uh, we're planning on that uh, Thursday evening. It's going to be really amazing. Plus, we're going to share communion. It's going to be different than any other year that we've ever done it. And then on Friday night, we're meeting at the commuter lot and we're going to walk that cross for two and a half miles up Gordon Road. And uh, we'll have police escort and everything. It'll be really awesome. We'll bring that cross in here and we'll set it up in remembrance of what Christ did for us. And we'll leave and uh, we'll prepare ourselves for the next couple of days to celebrate Easter. And remember, Sunday night, we're not having sunrise, we're having sunset. I don't know if anyone's ever done sunset, but here we are at Salem Fields Community Church. This is what we do. So that's going to be a really, really amazing service as well. So you won't want to miss any of it, and all of that information is on all of these cards. Remind yourself of it. Come and serve in some way, and then come in to worship and uh, expect God to do something really awesome in your life. Well, that's that. The next thing we've got for the following week, we've got boom, 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 three strong weekends. The next weekend is biker day. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my chaps, my biker chaps out of mothballs, and I'm going to wear those babies. And uh, I only wear those two times a year at biker day and then one other time. <laughs> And so uh, I did about 10 biker days in a row. I get my tats on, and uh, we have a rocking and rolling time here. It's going to be fun. So if you know somebody that has a bike, invite them to meet at the... <laughs> hey, we're Salem Fields. This is Buddy and Gay, right? <laughs> we're going to meet. They'll meet at the commuter lot. <laughs> He's still talking. <laughs> Rumbling over there. <laughs> uh, so where was I? <laughs> Okay, get all the information you can about Biker Day, and it's going to be something like this right here. As you can see, we got a lot of great events coming up for you guys to really engage with the community. 
that's why we exist, is to really uh, help people find real hope, to know Jesus, and to share that wherever we have that opportunity. And so uh, all these events are really about doing that. And so as we continue to worship, Pastor Buddy's going to continue this encounter series, and he has a great message about uh, Peter, and it's going to be really impactful. I know it's spoken to me this morning, and I know it will to you. We're going to teach you a new song this morning. It's called Raise a Hallelujah. This is really all about looking at everything that we face in life, our fears, our anxieties, whatever our obstacles are that are facing us. And instead of letting that be the loudest voice in our life, letting our praise be even louder, letting our faith be even louder. It reminds me of the story of David and Goliath. You know, so many of us have heard this story depicted one way or another, but the, this big mammoth of a human being is just taunting the Israelite army. And they're just shrinking back. They're afraid of him. They're allowing the fear that's before them to make to really just decide for them what they're going to do and how they're going to respond. But here's this little shepherd boy, and he comes in, and he says, why are we allowing him to dictate what we're going to do? Well, let's choose faith. I'm going to choose faith in this moment. And he even says in the Bible, he says to Goliath, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. So we have every opportunity in these situations and circumstances we face in life. We can either let the enemy of fear and doubt and discouragement dictate us and allow us to shrink back. Or we can say, you know what, I'm going to come to this situation in the name of the Lord and lift up a hallelujah to him. Let my praise be my weapon and choose the face of the giants with Jesus by my side. So as those buckets pass by, let's stand together and let's lift up a hallelujah together. Amen. I'll raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I'll raise a I raise a 
whatever that thing is taunting you, oh, look at me, doubt, be discouraged, shrink back, look at it right in the eye, and say, no, I'm going to sing louder, I'm going to sing my praise louder, so that's what we're going to do, going to sing a little louder, come on, we're going to sing a little louder, what we do. God, we praise you. We worship you, God. And we lift up your name, Jesus. Speak to us this morning. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. find out where Gay wears those chaps at the second time <laughs> show up. 
<laughs> anyway, you know, I, I was thinking about that song, talking about the first service. You know, I used to raise a little hell, but now I'm raising a little hallelujah. Boy, God can do a great thing in your life from raising hell to raising hallelujah. And uh, I'm sure some of you can relate to all that. Well, you like my shirt? Yeah. Well, I can tell you what, God answers prayer when it comes to sports because I was praying, man. I had my head buried. Oh, my gosh, blew a 10-point lead. Anyway. Oh, Texas Tech. Good gracious. They're going to wish they would stay at home. <laughs> you need to move back to Texas. That's all I can say. You're a Cowboy fan. You're a Texas Tech fan. You have no right to live here. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. Uh, anyway. Because I like Oscar. But anyway. <laughs> Anyway, well, it's good to have you all here today. We're going to continue our series uh, on encounters. And uh, this, actually, this is our last, uh, last message on uh, uh, encounters. You know, we've looked at uh, encounters that folks have had with Jesus. We looked at the encounter that Nathaniel, uh, the skeptic, had with Jesus, the woman at the well. We talked about Zacchaeus and Pilate and how that one encounter changed everything for them. And also, we talked about how one encounter with Jesus can change everything uh, for us as well. Have you ever done something or said something that disappointed someone you loved? Anybody ever done that? Just, yeah, okay, so we'll start here. Uh, and we'll share, uh, Kim, stand up. You tell us how you've disappointed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think she was going to do it. Anyway, but probably all of us at some time in our lives, we have done something, said something, that has disappointed somebody that we love. Maybe we promised to be somewhere, but when the time came, we didn't show up. Or we said, uh, you know, uh, I've got your back, and we didn't. You know, it, it may be in that you have uh, 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 took a vow before God, and then you foolishly broke that vow. It may be that you feel guilty. Even right now, at this very moment, you feel guilty about a broken promise or a failure in your life that still messes with you today. This experience, experience of failure and disappointment is very common because disappointment and failure are part of what it means to live in a fallen world. You do realize we live in a fallen world. And because we live in a fallen world, we're going to disappoint each other and we're going to have failure in our life. We fail others and sooner or later they're going to fail us. You see, disappointment runs both ways uh, because all of us have failed others and others have failed us. Today, though, I want to share with you four truths from Peter's encounter with Jesus. The first one is this. The more you care about someone, the greater their disappointment will be when you disappoint them and the greater your shame. The, greater your, the, the, the more you care about someone, the greater their, their disappointment will be when you fail them and the greater your shame will be. After all, if you don't care about someone, it wouldn't bother you when you disappointed someone. If you didn't love someone, it wouldn't bother you uh, when you didn't keep your word or you didn't follow through or you, or you broke a valve or a promise. But if you truly love someone, if you truly love someone, the thought that you have hurt them can be an awful thing to carry in life. Today we're going to look at a couple encounters about disappointment and failure in the life of Peter. Now it's interesting to note that both of these encounters that we're going to speak of today 
happened around what the Bible calls a charcoal fire. Therefore, our little fire this morning. You see, the first encounter is all on Peter. It's all on him. The second encounter is all on Jesus. You see, Peter was responsible for his own failure, and Christ was responsible for Peter's restoration. Now, there's another huge truth, uh, huge hope promise, hope-filled truth in this encounter. And the truth number two, it's simple, but it's true. Failure is an event, not a destiny. Failure is an event, not a destiny, nor a person. You see, this is good news because we all fail sooner or later, and if we're all honest, uh, we fail often. And we disappoint others often in our life. As Peter encounter, encounter improves, it's not our initial failure that messes us up, it's how we handle that failure. It's what we do after we fail that really matters. That really matters in our own personal life. Failure doesn't mean that you've blown everything. It, it doesn't mean that you're a loser. It doesn't mean you should give up. It doesn't mean that you've messed up your future. It doesn't mean that God has abandoned you. What it does mean is this, that maybe you need a, an encounter with Jesus. Maybe you need a, another encounter with Jesus, or maybe you need a, another encounter with Jesus, or maybe you need a, another, 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 another encounter with Jesus. You see, here's truth number three. And you're probably thinking, man, we're going to be done quick. He's already on the third one. <laughs> Only those who have greatly failed will truly appreciate Peter's encounter. Only those who have failed big time. Only those who have really messed up will truly appreciate what we're talking about today. Will truly understand what we're talking about today. If you've felt the shame of a huge failure, I can say to you today, this message should set you free. This message should help you. You see, when we have failed, especially when we fail those we love, our life becomes filled with embarrassment, with anger, with fear, with shame, and with hopelessness. We feel dirty and unworthy because we did something stupid. We did something that hurt someone bad that we really love. And when we hurt someone deeply, we just want to know that they still love us. And, and, or, or that we've blown uh, everything. Do they love us or have we just blown it? Is there no hope? How do I know this? Because I have experienced great failure in my life. I've experienced great failure in my life. And it's affected terribly uh, and hurt the people I love the most. And I've experienced the shame. I've experienced the disappointment. I've experienced the embarrassment and the anger, and the fear, and the shame, and the hopelessness. And so I know personally how all that feels and works in a person's life. Because I've experienced great failure, you know, and Peter is a great example of how we can bounce back from failure and disappointment. This week's encounter begins a couple weeks after Jesus was crucified. Now I realize we're ahead of ourselves a little bit. Easter's a couple weeks away. And and, uh, oh, yeah, you know, let me, before I get into that, can I just talk to you about something? Now, Easter, we cannot have all these empty chairs. Would y'all just look around? Do you know whose responsibility it is to fill those chairs up? Ours, all of us. And Easter, I certainly hope we don't come in here at 11 o'clock and we got this many empty chairs. And we got lots more chairs that we just put away so 
that we don't have to feel bad when we see them. <laughs> so I'm hoping that you will invite your friends. Now, Gay said I'd tell a story and I almost forgot, but I want to tell you a story about this little card. These are great little cards to stack in your wallet. I had a whole stack in my wallet. I'm going to get some more today because I'm going to tell you what, if you are committed to inviting someone, whether it's your friend or stranger, God will give you the opportunity. I have had incredible opportunity this week. I made a commitment to God that I was going to give these cards away. You know, Gay and I made a commitment years and years ago. We didn't want to ask you to do something we didn't do. And so I, I'm, at, uh, I'm at Ollie's. That's my second favorite store right after Marshall's. And I was at Ollie's and I was looking for something and I couldn't find it. And this lady come bouncing that worked there came bouncing down the aisle. And I said, I said, I bet you know everything about this store. And she let out a couple cuss words. And I said, don't be talking like that in front of me. I'm a preacher. <laughs> and and uh, she laughed a bit. She said, oh, my gosh, my granddad was a pastor. And she, he said, if, she'd hear me, if he'd hear me talk like that, that, uh, that he would roll over in his grave. And I said, well, do you go to church anywhere? And she said, no. She said, matter of fact, my daughter just said to me, it must not be any churches in Fredericksburg because we don't go to any. <laughs> and I said, well, I've got the church for you. And I'm telling you, tears almost came to her eyes. And I'm not saying that to brag about what I did because you could do the same thing. I'm just telling you, folks, there are people out there that don't know where to go to church. And all we got to do is invite them to come. And I believe, I don't know if she'll ever show up. I don't know if any person I invited this week will show up. But they got this card. And I can't even see the little free gift. So you got to tell them about that too. They need to get a free drink or a sandwich at Rubicon. But I'm just asking you, will you just commit to just inviting somebody? This card is so easy. It makes it, I mean, I almost feel like I'm cheating. That's so easy. So anyway, I want to tell you that story before I got into me this sermon, okay? But you still don't lose what I've already said about the message either. But anyway, here we go. The story is a, is, a, is a couple weeks after Jesus was crucified, where he had been taken to trial, he'd been beaten, crucified, buried, and he rose from the dead, and he'd already appeared to his disciples. Now the Bible says this, later Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee is not much more than a glorified lake. It's not this huge sea. It's a, like a glorified lake. And then the Bible says, this is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Canaan and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. Yep, he said, I'm going fishing. You know, and, you know, you know about this story. You know that Peter failed. And so... What we realize is when we fail, we really messed up, what we normally do is go back to what we know how to do and how, what we feel competent in doing. Peter was a fisherman. Jesus had been crucified. Jesus dead. He would risen again. And Peter had disappointed Jesus. And he said, you know what? I'm going fishing. I'm going back to what I know what, know what I'm doing. And so he says, I'm going fishing. Well, the other boys said, well, we'll come too. They all said. And so they went out in the boat. Now, here's what I want you to know. When these guys say they're going fishing, it doesn't mean that they're just going to uh, sit in a boat for a couple hours with a fishing pole, drowning a few night crawlers, and laughing and drinking beer. That, that's not what they do on the, when they go fishing. I don't either. I don't drink beer when I go fishing. But I do drink, I mean, I do uh, drown some night crawlers. 
No, when Peter and his buddies go fishing, folks, they go fishing. I, I mean, they're commercial fishermen. They work hard. This is hard work. They are providing the livelihood for their family. I had a good friend. His name was Kerry, and he lived at the, uh, on the Outer Banks. He grew up in Harkers Island, North Carolina. I mean, it's a beautiful place. But his dad was a commercial fisherman. He fished for shrimp. And he would go out for a week at a time, and he would work hard. And a lot of times, he wouldn't catch enough to make a living. Other times he would. But you look at his hands and his face. I mean, his hands were so rough. And his I mean, commercial fishing is a hard job. It's not a hobby that we do on the weekends. They got, they, so they get in a big boat, big enough for seven of them. That's a big boat. They drag their nets in, and they're out all night, and they're working their tails off to put some bread on the table to provide for their families. And they're good at it. I mean, they're good at it. They know these waters. They know the Sea of Galilee like they know the back of their hand. And they don't need no fish finders. I mean, they know this lake. And they know where the fish is at. But the Bible says on this particular night, they didn't catch a thing. The Bible says, but they caught nothing all night. I mean, they fished all night. Now, you take me. If I fish an hour and I haven't caught anything, I'm done. You know, I'm going up to camp and I'm going to get me something to eat. And I'm going to do something productive. But the Bible says they caught nothing all night. And then it goes on to say at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? I mean, nothing you want to hear more than that, is it? You know, you fished all night, you haven't caught anything. Some surfer dude over on the beach, <laughs> as far as they know, and he calls out, hey, boys, have you caught anything? I mean, they're humiliated probably. They said, no, we haven't caught anything, <laughs> basically. And he, uh, then he said, throw out your net on the right side of the boat and you'll get some. Now, they're probably thinking, if they're like me, they're probably thinking, dude, are you kidding me? You know, who is this dude? I mean, man, we've been working our tails off all night. We've used all the fishing tricks that we know about, and we ain't caught a darn thing all night. Don't you think we know what we're doing? We don't need you to stand on the beach and holler at us and tell us to throw the nets on the other side. He, they said, buddy, we're pros at this. You know how we are. What, who are you standing over there on the beach, a football field away, giving us fishing tips? Who do you think you are? Well, for some reason, I don't know why, but the Bible says so they did. They did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. And then the disciple Jesus loved. Anybody know who the disciple was that Jesus loved? John. All right. Now, nobody in the first service knew that. I'm thinking, good gracious, don't you know your Bible? And they didn't. <laughs> Sometimes you can't even humiliate people enough. <laughs> you know, thinking about, I think about it every time I think about don't you know your Bible, my, uh, when I was dating Gay and I was raising hell, not hallelujah, uh, Gay wanted me to meet her granddad. Her granddad was a great Christian man. I mean, he loved the Lord and he studied the Bible and he knew it. And I knew where my Bible was at. He knew it. And uh, anyway, so Gay said, let's go over and meet him. And, you know, so I go over there and meet him and we're sitting in the living room. And he says, boy, he says, do you know where the Indians came from? I said, man, to myself, I don't even know where I came from, hardly. <laughs> he said, do you know where the Indians came from? I said, no, I don't know where the Indians came from. He said, boy, you don't know your Bible, do you? I said, no, I don't. He says, well, it's right there in the Bible. Don't you know your Bible? 
And every, every time I think of that, I say, no, I still don't know the Bible because I don't know where the Indians came from. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, why do I tell you all that? Let's start at verse 7 again. The disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic. Now listen to this. For he had stripped down for work. Now I'm going to tell you, I like fishing with my buddies, but I'm going to keep my clothes on. You know what I mean? If you walk up in the boat, I ain't going to be sitting there stripped down. <laughs> I'm going to have some boxers or something on. But they said that he stripped, uh, had stripped down for work, so he put on his tunic, jumped into the water, and headed to the shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the, load, the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about 100 yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. That's nothing better than that. Fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Now keep that charcoal fire in mind. <clears throat> Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to shore. There were 153 large fish. Now that tells you how they, uh, they were commercial fishermen because they knew exactly how many fish they had because they get paid on how many fish they have. And yet, the Bible says, the net had not torn. Then Jesus says, now come and have some breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. Now, when I think about that story, and I know y'all wonder everything, but when I think about that story, I would think in my mind, I wonder in my mind, they must have remembered, they must have remembered in their mind, especially Peter, they must have remembered that first encounter when they were out fishing all night. And Jesus said to them, hey, you caught anything? I mean, they had to remember that, especially Peter. They'd been fishing all night and they hadn't caught a darn thing. And in that encounter also, Jesus told them to let down your nets for a catch. And Peter said to them, hey, man, we worked hard all night and caught nothing. But at his word, the Bible says they did what he said. And again, they pulled in another large number of fish. Now, in that encounter, the Bible says this. This is why I've, I've got to believe that Peter at least remembered this encounter. He said, when Simon Peter realized what happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, now here, here's what Jesus is doing. He is telling him, this is your destiny. This is what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Not only did they have a net full of fish, but now Peter has his destiny. But that was then, and this is now. A lot of stuff has happened in between those two encounters. Like the encounter on the night Jesus announced his coming death in Matthew 26, the Bible says, Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Can you imagine old Peter sticking his chest out all puffed up and saying to them, Jesus, if everyone else deserts you, buddy, you can count on me. I'll never deny you. That's a huge promise. Now, we've all made promises. And we've not always kept those promises. But Peter, he was confident. And he said, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter. This very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you even know me. 
No, Peter said, no way, no way, he insisted. Even if I have to die with you, Jesus, I will never deny you. I'll never deny you, man. I mean, not only did he make the promise, but now he's boasting and saying, Jesus, if I have to die with you, no matter what I have to do, I will never, ever deny you. Now, just a little later, in the garden of Gethsemane, and after Jesus was arrested, after Peter had cut the ear off and Jesus put it back on, and then following Jesus to the courtyard, and then this encounter happened. The Bible says, so the soldiers, their commanding officer and the temple guards arrested Jesus and tied him up. Yeah, that really helps. Jesus healed the blind, but they tie him up thinking that he couldn't anyway. But Simon Peter followed Jesus, as did, another, as did another of the disciples. That other disciple, who was another of the disciples, that other disciple was acquainted with the high priest. So he was allowed to enter the high priest's courtyard with Jesus. And Peter had to stay outside. He had to stay outside the gate. Then the disciple who knew the high priest spoke to the woman watching at the gate, and she let Peter in. Now, I can guarantee you Peter thinks, oh, I wish I'd never walked through that gate. I wish I'd never went in there. Because the woman asked Peter, you're not one of, his, of, of that man's disciples, are you? No. No, he said, I am not. And because it was cold, the household servants and the guard had made a charcoal fire. You know, there's nothing like a fire. I mean, it kind of attracts people. And so there was a crowd gathered around that charcoal fire. And, you know, I can just imagine people were standing around that char charcoal fire and they were warming their hands and they were turning and warming their butts. You ever thought well, how you, when your butt gets warm, you feel warm all over? <laughs> I don't know why, but that works. And I don't know if I should say butt. But <laughs> I say butt a lot. But anyway. <laughs> oh, gosh. Some nights I wish I, days I wish I'd just stay home. I just hope my mom's not watching. Uh, but anyway, let's get back to that. <laughs> because it was cold outside, the servants and the guard had made a warm charcoal fire. And they stood around it, warming themselves. And Peter stood with them, warming himself. Meanwhile, as Simon Peter was standing by the fire, warming himself, they asked him again, you're not one of his disciples, are you? And he denied it again the second time, saying, no, I am not. But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, didn't I see you in the garden, in the olive grove with Jesus? Again, Peter denied it. And immediately, the Bible says, the rooster crowed. Suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. And before the rooster crows, tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even knew me. And Peter, the Bible says, left the courtyard weeping bitterly. Now, that's disappointment. I mean, that, that's failure. I mean, that, I, I, can, I can just imagine that the shame that Peter must have felt that night and the disappointment and the hatred that he must have felt for himself, the embarrassment and all that goes along with that. But, you know, in Luke twenty two sixty one, 61, at the end of that story, it says, at that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Can you imagine that? I mean, you, can you imagine that? You made this huge promise to God and, and, then, and then you broke that promise and, and you look up and there's Jesus looking right at you with tears in his eyes. No wonder Peter wept bitterly. You see, there it is though, another encounter by a charcoal fire. The denial, three times denying Jesus, out in the courtyard there by a charcoal fire and now the two encounters come together. The encounter of the denial 
and the encounter on the beach. They now come together. You see, on the night when Peter denied Jesus, he was standing by a charcoal fire. Now here, he is on this beach standing by a charcoal fire. In fact, the Greek word for charcoal fire uh, occurs only two times in the New Testament. First in the courtyard scene of Peter's denial in John 18, and now here in 21 on the shore with Jesus. And Peter standing, with Peter standing and Jesus standing together by a charcoal fire that Jesus had prepared. Wow. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine Peter in that situation? I mean, just think about it. He had denied Jesus. Jesus, the Bible said, at least Luke said, he looked at him. I mean, Peter wept bitterly. He felt terrible. He felt like a failure. He felt like a loser. He felt like his destiny was destroyed. He felt like he was a, just a terrible, terrible person. And how in the world could Jesus ever forgive him? How could he ever forgive himself? And you read that they're standing by the fire together. I mean, here's Jesus. Came all the way out to the beach cooked breakfast for him, and the Bible says that Peter, who denied him, who failed desperately, they're standing together, they're warming their hands together, they're eating fish together, and, 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 and that's the Jesus that we serve. You know, I, I think all the way back to his, it wasn't that far back in their story, but I think back to the resurrection, and the women ran out to the grave, and Jesus said, go tell my disciples and Peter. I mean, and there he is, Jesus had Peter on his mind, and Peter just failed him miserably. And now they're standing by the fire together. I mean, it, it, it seems like Jesus may have done this for a reason. And it becomes clear when what happens next. Three times Peter had denied Jesus by the charcoal fire. Now three times Jesus will restore Peter from shame and disappointment of his failure. Again, by charcoal fire. Those two fires... Separate incidents, now they come together. And listen to this. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, uh, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Jesus told him, Jesus, uh, or Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Jesus said a third time, he asked him, Son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt that Jesus would ask him the question a third time. He said, Lord, you, you know everything. You know that I love you, Jesus said. Then feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. You see, Peter's three denials have been forgiven three times over. You know, and, and in, the, in the first service, it, it kind of struck me that it kind of struck me that I didn't have it in my notes and didn't think about it while I was preparing it. But, you know, if you say you love Jesus, if you say you love Jesus, are you feeding his sheep? Are you taking care of Jesus' sheep? Are you serving him? Are you inviting people to fill up empty seats? Are you doing anything for God? Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? And serve me. Serve my people. Peter, do you love me? Oh, yeah, I love you. Jesus said, well, just come to church. Just come to church. Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yeah. And Jesus says, well, just pray every now and then. Jesus, do you love me? 
Yeah, I love you, Jesus. I said, well, when you can't get to church, watch Joel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anyway, that's off the subject. I won't charge you for that. <laughs> but this is in my mind. It's starting the 9 o'clock service. But anyway, his, Peter's sins are now forgiven. He has been restored to fulfill his destiny. And now he has some good work to which the Lord says he will bless. If you continue to read that story. Well, some things have happened in between. Some things have happened in between. Think about that. In between the two charcoal fires. You know, the one in the courtyard where Peter denied him and the one on the shore at the beach. In between Peter's denial, there's a lot of stuff that's happened. Now, there's a lot of stuff. And now Peter's restoration. In between, though, in between, you know what's happened? Jesus went to the cross. I mean, in between Peter's denial and, and the meeting on the shore, Jesus died on the cross. Jesus was arrested, beaten until he was hardly recognizable, hung on a cross, dead, buried in a tomb, left there to rot, sealed with a stone. stone. Shed his blood. Shed his blood so Peter could be forgiven. He purchased Peter's forgiveness. And ours. Truth number four, finally. The Bible says Jesus is our in-between. I wish I'd have put Jesus as our middle guy, our middle man. But, so either way, Jesus is our in-between middle guy, making peace between God and sinful man by his shed blood on our behalf. I'm telling you, if Jesus would have never went to the cross, if he'd have never shed his blood, then Peter would have had to live with the disappointment and the shame and the guilt of that failure for the rest of his life, and so would have I, and so would you, if he wouldn't have shed his blood on the cross. That's why it's important that the, that the community that our friends, that people that work at Ollie's and Walmart and CVS and the friends that you work with and the people you go to school with, that's why it's so important for you and I to at least have the courage and the guts to hand them a little business card and say, we're having Easter at Salem Fields and you've never experienced Easter until you experience Easter at Salem Fields and at least give them the opportunity to know that Jesus died for their sins so that you and I don't have to live in shame and guilt and disappointment. And that he will forgive us of all of our sins. But if we don't tell them, how will they ever know? Feed my sheep, church. Anyway, that was preaching. This is how Jesus forgives Peter's denials and ours. Here's a huge takeaway today to go to lunch with. And take these little cards and tip your waitress about 20 bucks. And hand her this card. Don't tip, if you don't tip her, don't give her this card because I don't want her to know anything about Salem Fields, okay? All right, thank you. Tip big. No matter if they forget to bring your water. God only knows they might be living in shame and guilt. And they don't have water on their mind. But here's a huge takeaway. Metaphorically speaking, Jesus still stands by the charcoal fire. Calling all of us. Calling all of us who have denied him. Calling all of us who have deserted him. Calling all of us who have fallen. 
and failed to come to him and be forgiven, be restored. How about you? You know, ha have you denied Jesus like Peter did? You're probably saying, no way, man, I'm not like Peter. <laughs> I wouldn't do that for nothing. I wouldn't. I'm not like him. I'm better than Peter. No, you're not. Nor am I. We're not one bit of difference between us and Peter. I've been just like Peter many, many times in my life. I became a Christian in 1980, but I can tell you this. I've been like Peter. I, I've been just like him. Many times in my life, I've been like him, denying Jesus by my words, by my actions. I've denied him by giving in to the pressures of the world and living just like everybody else and, and doing exactly opposite of what the Bible teaches me to do or teaches me how to say or teaches me how to treat people. I've denied him for my failures to speak up for him in this world that no one seems to speak up for him anymore and we just go along with what the government tells us, what the media teaches us that's right and wrong and just turning the whole price tags upside down and just being okay with that. I've done that. And with just not doing anything, just prepare a sermon. Come preach another sermon to people that's heard 10,000 of them. I mean, somewhere we got to quit listening to sermons and do what the sermon says. Not necessarily mine, but somebody's. If we say we love him anyway. Like Simon Peter. You and I have likely denied Jesus more times than we want to even admit. Some of those times are, are, are still in our minds, still in our memory. We still remember. We still, it still keeps us from fully committing to God. It keeps us from being the people that God wants us to be because we're haunted by that failure and that disappointment, like those times in the courtyard for Peter. And because of that, we're still living in shame and disappointment. But the good news today is this. Jesus is calling us to warm ourselves by the charcoal fire. Now listen closely. Listen closely right now. Just, let's just quiet ourselves just for a moment. I want you to listen. Not to me. I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit just for a moment. Listen. Maybe you hear his voice today. Buddy, do you love me? Jesus, you know I love you. And feed my lambs. Karen, do you love me? Not me, but Jesus. Well, God, you know I love you. And feed my sheep. Jamie, do you love me? Yes, Jesus, you know I love you. And feed my sheep. In other words, you're forgiven. Now, I only call on people I think love me. Because I don't know anything about them as far as that goes. 
But really, Jesus wants to forgive us today. He wants to, he wants to, he wants to restore us. He wants to restore our destiny. You see, if you hear his voice, come and receive his forgiveness and his restoration. You see, Jesus wants to restore you and I today. No matter how many times you failed, no matter how many times you failed, can you hear me on that? No matter how many times you failed, you said, buddy, you don't know. I don't care. Grace doesn't have a number on it. Love and mercy does not have a number on it. No matter how many times you failed him, Jesus will pick us up. No matter how many times we fail, Jesus will restore us. But we have to come to him. You see, he will restore us to himself and he has some good work for us to do. And the Bible says he will bless us. He, he will bless whatever he's calling you to do. If he's calling you to feed his sheep in his church, at home, in your community, in the workplace, in your family, in school, wherever. So today I implore you to come and be forgiven. Don't carry that shame and guilt another day. Come and be restored for Jesus is here. He's here. I know he's here. And the charcoal fire is still burning. The Holy Spirit is still hot, still burning, still calling us. The charcoal fire of his forgiveness and restoration is still burning for you and I. Father, we thank you for this gathering today. Father, I thank you for such a great a group of people, great church, Lord, the opportunity we've had today to just speak truth. And God, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would wrap your loving arms around each one that's in this room today online, in the cafe, dear God. God, I, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would move in a mighty way. God, I pray that you would draw many to the fire that's burning. The fire of the Holy Spirit, the charcoal fire that continues to burn. You might say, buddy, a lot's happened between, but God's still calling. The fire's still burning. God's still restoring. God's still picking us up. God's still forgiving. God's still, no matter what, God still is a God of grace and a God of mercy. That will never, ever change. But like Peter, he had to get out of the boat. He had to swim ashore. And he had to come to the fire. So maybe you're here today and you say, man, have I ever messed up? Have I ever messed up? Have I ever failed? Man, have I ever disappointed? Maybe you're even living with shame and guilt and disappointment today. With all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, you say, buddy, that's me. I'm, 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 I want to come to the fire today. I want to be forgiven today. I want to acknowledge today that that's me. Is that you today? If that's you, would you just slip up your hand anybody like that today? Yeah, see your hand in the back. Yep, see your hand up front. Yes, see your hands in the back. Yes, anyone else? Just slip your hand up and put it right back down. Man, I have messed up. I need forgiveness. I need to be restored. Anybody else? Just slip your hand up and put it right back down. Maybe you're here today. Yeah, I saw your hand. I'm sorry. Maybe you're here today. And you say, I love Jesus, but I'm not feeding his sheep. I'm not doing anything for Jesus. I won't pray for you. I won't ask you to raise your hand.
Father, I pray today for those who have admitted, Father, they admitted that they have failed, messed up, living with disappointment and, and or shame and guilt. And Father, I pray that right now in the name of Jesus that you would wrap your loving arms around each one today that had the courage to get out the boat, put their clothes on, and come to the fire. I pray, God, that you would, they would leave here today knowing that they have been restored, that their destiny, God, their future is not destroyed because of their past. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would be with each one. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you've never asked him to forgive you of your sins ever, you've never invited him into your life, today you just simply tell Jesus, Jesus, I've messed up. Please forgive me. And invite him into your life to be your Savior. Now, you want to know more about that personal relationship, but that's you, and you want to know more. If you'll go out in the foyer today, a little table that says, uh, accepted Jesus today, stop here. Just stop there. It won't take long. Father, I pray for each one that may have done that today. So with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, just for a moment, we're going to we're going to stand and worship in just a moment. But I want to say to you today, if you raised your hand today and maybe just want to come up here, symbolic, this fire just being symbolic of Jesus, and you just say, you know what, I want, to, I want to go up there and pray today. That's a big step, but it's getting out of the boat in front of all your friends. It's getting out of your boat in front of the, your family, and it's saying, you know what, I'm going to put on my tunic and I'm going to swim on over there to that fire and I'm going to stand there with Jesus and I'm going to warm my hands with him and I'm going to hear what he's got to say and I'm going to receive all the forgiveness and restoration he has for me today. And you want to do that, that'd be great as well. You just do as the Lord has asked you to do. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Let's worship together.
Jesus, that your grace is sufficient, God. God, thank you for meeting us here this morning. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Visit the tables out there. Get the information you need and the tools to invite for Easter. We love you guys. See you next week.